Get out your Bible with me and go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians, the first chapter. Today I want to continue a series that we began a few weeks ago. This will actually be part 4. This message is entitled, It's Already Done. Are you glad about that? Come on, if this message seems... um, like a new concept to you, don't let it stay that way. <laughs> in, fact, if you need, in fact, if you need to go back and, and listen to the previous parts multiple times, I would encourage you to do so. It will change the way that you relate to the Father. It'll change the way that you deal with the circumstances of life. And uh, it'll, it'll really make you shout. If you're not real happy, this ought to do it. If this can't do it, I don't have a fix for you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You're in trouble. (laughs) But the reality of what we're teaching in this series is about the finished work of redemption. Okay? There is nothing else God needs to do for you. And if you and I are waiting on Him, waiting on Him to to come and save us and heal us and fix us and deliver us and and set us free and make our lives better. We're just going to be waiting a long, long time. But you know, the moment we discover that He already has, (laughs) that it's already done, then instantly we can begin to walk in the blessings of God. Instantly, we can begin to experience His life in our lives and walk in His favor, walk in His provision, walk in His uh, healing and sustaining power, all that He is. I mean, just like that. It's a switch that takes, happens right up in our, our mentality and our thinking. And, uh, and that's what we're encouraging. So if, if it's like out there so far for you, if your head's spinning around a little bit going, whoa, 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 I'm not so sure about this. Um, That's why we teach in series. (laughs) And uh, so hopefully after a few weeks, you can start to uh, walk in the revelation of these truths. Ephesians 1 verse 3 reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Notice the past tense words used in this verse. It says that He has blessed us. Is that different than He's going to bless us? It makes all the difference in the world when you recognize that He already has done it. That means I don't have to seek God. In fact, I'm futile if I do. Seek God to try to get Him to bless me. Oh Lord, please bless my work, my, my business, my life, my finances, my family. No, 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 no. I should acknowledge that He has blessed me. It just is. I mean, what else is He going to give you besides Jesus? Has He got a backup plan? I mean, Jesus will take care of like some stuff and then I've got another plan to take care of the rest of it no the reality is it's all in Jesus every single bit of it was in, was taken care of through the sacrifice of the son the Lord Jesus and his resurrection he really did defeat darkness sin really has been defeated Satan really is a whooped dog come on now he has been smacked around and kicked out of the house he has been defeated Amen. And so understanding these Bible truths will help us to live right, 
and relate to God right. Now we live, not as those without, but as those who possess all the riches of God's kingdom. We've been justified, glorified, and authorized to use heaven's resources for our lives and God's work. We're not beggars, nor are we living outside of God's blessings. We have been and we have become partakers of His divine nature and of all of His promises. Isn't it good to be saved, <laughs> to be healed, to be victorious, to be delivered and set free, to be empowered, enabled, enriched, and to live the blessed life? Isn't it good? Come on now. I, I want to encourage you this way. If you don't think that way, if you don't talk that way, then what is the opposite? What, here's what is the conversation among many Christians. Well, it's hard. Well, you know, we struggle. And, uh, you know, that's just real life. I'm just being real here. We just got stuff to deal with. Well, is that a note of victory? Is that an attitude of thanksgiving and praise? That sounds like a defeated person. Some say, well, I'm just dealing with real life. And if you weren't through what I went through, then you would. Listen, we've, there have been a lot of negative experiences through life that could be represented here in this room. But what does the Bible paint as a picture of how we are to live and relate to Him and deal with the circumstances of life? We are absolutely victorious. We are overcomers in Him. We're not trying to get. We've already got. He's already healed and saved, like I said, delivered and set free. These things are accomplished uh, accomplished facts. That's why the, the overall tone and theme of our lives ought to be a shout. Ought to be, oh, it's so good to be healed. Come on. Oh, oh it's so good to be victorious and to be free. Amen. Now, you might, be, you might have a diagnosis of a terminal condition. Maybe, maybe you've run into some trouble in this world. You ought to be shouting the loudest. Your voice ought to be heard the most saying, Oh, yes, it's so good to be healed. It's so good to be victorious. It's so good to have answers and, and have joy and have peace and have a bright future. I know in the world they'll say, Future, you've got two months. <laughs> That's not, I didn't read that. I don't see that anywhere in there. Say, what verse was that? <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so, we're not waiting on God to move, but we acknowledge that He already has and that we are complete in Christ. Colossians 2 says we are complete in Him. That means there's no parts that are missing. There's nothing lacking. It just is. And the moment we accept this, bam, now you experience it. That's the foundation to living this thing out and receiving it, walking in it day by day. But that's where I want to go with you uh, today, the rest of our time together. I want to talk to you about appropriation. Okay, what do I mean? We're talking about taking things out of the spirit realm and bringing them into the physical realm. Taking things, uh, accessing what is in Christ what is already done in Christ, and changing the physical world where it's not yet done, where it is still messed up, right? Isn't that basically the way that we are to deal with our lives? When you understand the finished work of Christ, then that's the only thing left is appropriation, okay? Now, the word appropriate 
You can look it up in a dictionary. It simply means to take something for one's own use. We want to take what God has provided, what He has already done, and take it for our own use. Do we see how it's very possible and quite commonplace for a believer, a Christian, to be living their lives as if sickness were king, depression were dominant, poverty were, was, was in rule, huh? In other words, what they experience is, is as if victory has not been won, as if redemption is not complete, it's not a finished work. They live is as if the Spirit, what we say, what the Scriptures say, is just not the case. And so what they need to do is, one, know what is. That's what we've been talking about. Have a revelation and understanding inside of what is. But then secondly, know how to get what is into their physical is. Take out of the unseen realm, put it into the seen realm. Take it out of the intangible and put it in the tangible. And this is doable by all of us, by the way. And we can do it right here right today. All right. Things that are already in existence in God, in the Spirit, in Christ. And we can take them. By the time we walk out of here, you can see it. You can feel it. You experience it. Literally, your emotions are changed. Literally, your, your life is different because you accessed something that has, been, has remained elusive up until this point. Everybody with me? Okay, we're having some fun now, aren't we? Yeah, we're not just playing games here. Come on. This is real life stuff. We're into the life-altering business. Alterations are in place right here, right now, because of what is. So we're appropriating. How do we do this? The short answer is we appropriate by faith. We appropriate by faith. If you look up the word faith, it comes from a a Greek word, P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis, if you want to pronounce it like that, you can if you want. I don't care. Uh, it has to do with assurance. Um, it, it's, it has to do with being convinced of something. It has to do with confidence and conviction on the inside. Being convicted that something is reality. When we talk about faith... It is a conviction that manifests in action. Many times people have substituted a belief system or a theology or points that they might be able to list, even supporting scriptures, and they call that their faith. If they had a theological debate, they would be able to make their point, state their case, about what their faith is or what they believe. But too often, it stops there. They can tell you what they believe, but the reality of living faith is that it is a conviction that causes um, a change in behavior. It causes thinking, emotion, activity to be different than it would be without that conviction. Not, I'm going to do, I'm going to say, I'm going to act however I want to act and however I have been acting. 
but also over on the side, if you ask me about it, well, this is what I really believe. Well, this is what you really don't believe. (laughs) Does that make sense? I can't say that a person believes it until it changes what they do with their money, what they do with their physical body, what they do with their life, what they do with what they do with all the decisions they make every day. This is a conviction based upon hearing. It is something that changes you on the inside in your heart and therefore changes your life. Okay? The Bible does speak of something called dead faith. Remember that? All right. So if there's a dead faith, it's still faith, I guess. It's just not moving, right? It's not kicking anymore. It's it's dead. Well, then there must be living faith, and this is a life that is lived, and it's based upon a conviction of the reality of the finished work of Christ. You see, we all believe something, and we believe concerning our own lives and what we presently experience that it just is, or that it's, some believe that it's in God's power or control. Some believe um, all kinds of things. But here's what I'm encouraging you to believe. Believe that it's already done. Believe the volume of scriptures that we have in the New Testament that paint a past tense picture of everything we need, how it's already there. And if I believe that, I'm not saying I just amen to the sermon. I'm not saying I just acknowledge a theology. I have taken ownership. I am convinced on the inside that this is just the way it is. Now, that will drive my decisions in life. If I'm having to force the decisions, I don't believe it yet. Maybe dead faith. (laughs) Go over to Hebrews chapter 1 with me. Let's get into this a little bit more and talk about appropriation. How do I appropriate what the Lord has provided for me? How do I get things out of the spirit and into the physical scene realm? How do I use my faith in relationship to uh, what God has promised, what He has provided? Hebrews chapter 1 gives us an important clue. We've already talked to you about the tenses quite a bit, has blessed us. Do you know that also is true concerning the, the law of faith? All right, Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, now two important words are words 1 and 3 in this verse. It says, Now faith is. Two of those words are both in the present tense. If I don't recognize how faith operates, then I could fall into the snare of putting all the things that I need, want, that God has provided, I could put them off into the future. And many people, when they talk about what they believe, what they have prayed for, they relegate things to some future point in time. By, By the way, it doesn't have a point, it's just out there somewhere. And they never bring it into the present. Therefore, they never will experience it. If it is coming, then when is that? Well, tomorrow it's still coming, and next year, well, it's coming, and the year after that, it's, it's coming. 
We have to bring it to a place of is. Your faith must have a now moment. It must have an, an is factor to it. If there is no is, then it's always going to be, and then now faith is doesn't apply. Does that make sense? Okay. Too often, again, things are put off into the future and never brought into the present. Even when people pray, they often pray and ask God to do something, and then it's someday, or it's in His time, or, but it's never now. And I'm telling you, God is a now God. Concerning the, our redemption, it's past, meaning it's present for us. Concerning our faith, it must be now, or it won't ever be. Now, I know there are, it is possible to make faith statements that have a future tense element to, to them, okay? In fact, you'll see this as we go along. There are some future elements, but there must be present elements with it as well. Does, does this sound real complicated? Okay, those of you in the back not making a whole lot of action back there. <laughs> Wave at me every now and then. Just let me know you're still there. Okay. All right. Go over to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Now notice over here with me verse 14. 1 John 5, 14. It says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And now, just a side note there for a moment. How do we ask according to His will? Well, in whatever scriptures we use that explain the asking, that would be according to His will. For example, Jesus said, uh, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll do it for you. He'll give it to you. That would be asking according to His will. Meaning, I'm praying to the Father, I'm not praying to Jesus. I'm praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. That's asking according to His will. Anytime Jesus taught on prayer or other, other passages deal with prayer, we pray that way, that's according to the will of God. Does that make sense? If I pray according to the will of God, in other words, it's possible for someone to be involved in prayer activity, but praying wrong. And I have no confidence that the father hears some goofy unscriptural prayer but when we take the word and we pray according to the way we're instructed to we've got an audience in heaven we've got the father's ear now this is a very powerful thing i i, I really like this verse i like it more today than i did a couple days ago uh if i pray according to his will i know he hears me he hears me verse four, verse 15 and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Notice the solution to getting what you need, what you want, is simply, it goes back to this, we just have to get Him to hear us. According to the Bible now, if God hears me, I've got it. If I can just get Him to hear me, it's done. I don't have to work on anything else. I don't have to focus on anything else. I just need to get him to hear me. 
How many know that's a lot different than the idea that I'm going to say something, I'm going to pray something, and then God will hopefully hear me, and then he'll make a decision on whether he's going to give it or not. That contradicts this verse. The verse said, if he hears you, done. If he hears you, you've got it. I just have to get him to hear me. Now watch, watch how this works. This is kind of side to this side point to this message. The more you and I are in communion and fellowship with God, the more we have dialogue where we have learned to hear him, to listen to what he says. You're having a conversation with someone, you know they hear you. If prayer and fellowship with God is a rare event in your life, you probably have less confidence that he hears you. Because you just don't really commune that much. You just don't really talk that much. Even in a personal relationship, if you don't talk with someone very much or you just meet someone new, you're you're probably uncertain if they really understand you when you communicate with them. But when you have fellowship with the Lord day in and day out, you're aware of His presence and His love for you at all times, and you commune with Him, that hearing and speaking becomes normal. That makes prayer work. Because all I have to do is get Him to hear me. And you don't, you know, you don't lift your voice. I'm just going to make a lot of noise and make sure God hears me. <laughs> all I have to do is get Him to hear me by praying right, and then I've got it. Okay, now let's go on. Again, in verse 15, he says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we are going to get the petitions that we have asked of him. Is that what it says? We know that some point in the future, God is going to answer us and give us what we need. Does that mess up the process at all? I'm telling you, this is a direct violation of God's kingdom principles, and it hinders a person from getting what is unseen into the seen realm. He didn't say, you pray, God hears you, and now you know that it's going to happen. He said, these words are very important. Now watch. It's just like Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. The is important, isn't it? The is different than a. Changes the entire meaning. And in this case, he said, we know that we, what? Have. Have. Not going to get. Have. This is the present tense nature of how faith works. It must pull things into the now. We know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. The very moment I pray, God hears me, and now I've got it. Well, what do you mean you've got it? I don't mean necessarily that I can see it. I might be in a room where it doesn't even fit. I mean I have it. And if we don't have it by the time we get off our knees in prayer, then we'll never see it. But if we get it that very moment, then we will experience and see it and feel it. It'll be in the physical world. But you have to have that now moment where you connect with the unseen and grab a hold of it and pull on it. 
Because God has already provided, He's already offered, He's already promised, He's already done it. We're reaching out to what He has already given and saying, yes, I take that. Now, w- watch. Go to First Timothy. No, 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 no. Yeah, go there. And listen while you go. I wanted to read the amplified version of verse 15. First John 5, 15. Uh, and you can see it on the screens. It says, and if, since we positively know that He listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted as our present possessions the requests made of Him. Isn't that good? (laughs) We have it right now. Present tense, possession. What do I have? Whatever I asked Him. I'm going to get it? No. Got it. It's already done. This even goes into areas beyond what we have specific scriptures for, the finished work of Christ, because there are, there are things in life that don't have a verse. They're covered in principle. You know what I'm talking about? Specific purchases, specific activities, things you might get involved with that d- doesn't say... Uh, you know, have the phone number, the web address, the dollar amount. You don't have a verse that gives you all the details. This shows us that even in those areas, I've got to get them into it's already done uh, in, in, my, in my heart. Okay. 1 Timothy 6, 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. It reads, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Notice how we fight the good fight of faith. He says, lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold. Say it with me. Lay hold. This is a very important appropriation word. I cannot appropriate something until I lay hold of it. Lay hold. It comes from a a Greek word, that is, let me try to pronounce this. I've got it written in front of me, but it's really long, so I might do it in tongues. Uh, it, it's epilambanomahi. <laughs> and this word, it, it means to take. It means to lay hold, to hold on. Um, it means to catch. When he says lay hold on eternal life. It's not like we're trying to get eternal life to come to us, it, it's already there, and he says you just need to grab it. I think catch, I'm thinking football. Receiver's going out, there's the ball. But don't let it hit you in the head and bounce off on the ground. Grab it. Grab it. Grab onto that thing. Hold on tight and run. <laughs> right? Uh, if you're on defense, reach up there and take it. <laughs> Pick it. Right? Uh, you've got to grab onto it for it to be useful and beneficial in your life, even though it already exists. Does eternal life exist? It exists for anyone on the planet who who will, what? Who will take it. Lay hold. Take it. It's kind of like uh, if you were floundering out in the middle of the ocean. I don't know how you got got out there, but you were just out there. uh, And waves everywhere, and your life is in danger. You're kind of in trouble. Uh, and a boat comes, 
and they see you out there, waves coming over your head, and you're on your last leg there, uh, they throw you out a life uh, preserver, and it lands next to you, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, you could cry out, help, help, help. You could pray, help, God, God, save me in your own time. <laughs> You could, you could do a lot of things. Or, here's a suggestion, like many of you said already, grab it. <laughs> Reach out and take it. Stick your arm through that thing. Lock on. Gable grip. <laughs> uh, lock on to that thing and don't let go. Because there are forces in your surroundings that will try to get you to let go. But all you have to do is take it. That's the way it is with eternal life. That's the way it is with our healing, our victory, our answer, our, our, our overcoming whatever it is in life that, we're, that we come up against. We've got to grab onto what God has already given us, what he's already thrown out to us. And if we lay hold of that, it manifests. It's beneficial to us. We can take it for our own use. All right, go to Mark 11. Mark 11, let's show, show you something a little bit more. Mark chapter 11, Jesus was teaching here about faith, about uh, the faith of God, and then he, he moved into prayer. Verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that it's going to happen. Huh? Believe that you're going to get it. No. Be, okay, what? Believe that God is going to do it. Is that what it said? Believe that God's going to... No. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now watch. The have them, do you know where that is? Have is in the seen realm. Have is in the physical, seen, experience, whatever it is I prayed about realm. Believe that I receive is, is before the seeing. Before the experience of it. Everybody with me? Okay. The word there, receive, or some translations that you have, actually says, receive, duh. Believe that you have received. In other words, it puts it in the past tense, not future. And this is, this is where I think a whole lot of believers get it messed up, is, is they put these things off into the future. They pray, and then, well, I believe it's going to happen. I believe God's going to do it. Well, that's not what Jesus said you're supposed to believe. That is believing. That is faith. It's just faith in the wrong thing. And because it's in the future, you'll never have it. You'll never get to the have part of the verse if it's always out there. The have part of the verse follows the receive part of the verse or have received it. Now, this word, receive here, is, it comes from a similar word to the epilobanamahi. And it's the word lambano. And you look that word, it simply means to take. Receive is a good word also. It's translated that way. But it also just means 
to take. In other words, what am I supposed to believe when I pray? I am supposed to believe that I take it. I receive it. I take it. It's like the life preserver. Grab it. It is whatever I pray. When I pray, here's where my faith goes. Faith is that living thing on the inside of me, that conviction based upon hearing that drives my thoughts, my actions, and my behaviors. It causes me to live different than if I didn't have it. My faith says, I have it now. I take it by faith. Well, how can I take what I don't see? (laughs) By faith. Didn't we say that? (laughs) By faith is how you take it. Faith is a real hand. Faith is a real grabber. In the spirit, it really does grab onto things. And we know how to grab onto stuff in the physical realm. We know how to take stuff. And understand what I'm talking about this. I'm not talking about taking in the stealing sense. I'm going to take something from God. Distract him. (laughs) It's called, he set the buffet. He's the one who laid it all out by his grace because of his amazing love. Now, we've passed the cashier. That's the cross. It's all paid for. Don't go sit at your table and think, th- and think it's all going to show up now. You're at the buffet. You, you, come on, you guys know buffets. <laughs> You're at the buffet. What do you do? Go get yourself a plate or three <laughs> and get in there and load it up and get in there and take whatever you want to have. <laughs> I'll have some of that, I'll have some of that, and you go and take it, and you appropriate it for your own use, all right? This is how we deal with everything that's been provided. Any scripture you find that talks about in Him, by Him, through Him, because of Him, in Christ's scriptures, they all deal with redemption, so they all deal with what? It's already done. They all deal with the past tense nature of God's provision and uh, promises for our lives. We find them. What do we do with them? We take them. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to be somewhat assertive. We're not working for it. We're not earning it. We're just grabbing onto it. We're just floating by and there it is. And so, mm, take me one of those. What is it? It's a healing. Bam. Listen, whatever needs to happen, if you need to act it out, do it. I've seen people, I've seen, I know of people that have been healed that way in services. <laughs> it was just they were so convinced something was there. That's called faith. They reached out and literally it, it manifested and they reached out and they took it. Usually things happen through the laying on of hands or they just start to act on something. But they take something out of the unseen and they immediately experience it in their physical body. You can do that today. I can have that right now. This is the reality of what God has provided and He wants us to walk in. See, we are not in some war with the devil. I know in certain camps, you know, spiritual warfare is like a real big thing. They're always battling the devil. I know there's a a real devil out to, you know, devour. He's seeking whom he may devour. And we need to cut off opportunities for him to work in our lives. Don't yield to him. That's the way you cut him off. We have the name of Jesus, the word of God. But listen, we're not in some 
heavy-duty battle as if it's a fight. Because he's defeated. Satan's already been stripped of his power. He already lost this deal. All we're doing is appropriating. You could say it this way. We are enforcing the victory that Christ won. We're standing up there and saying, nope, uh uh-uh, not going to do it. Not going to have it. We're standing up there and saying, thank you, Lord, I'll take this. I'll take this. You've provided it. Glory to God. I'll take this. It's mine. I have it now. And I'll live as if I have it because I do. Amen. So I have trouble walking. I'd head straight out to the track right after church. Well, only if you believe that you have it. So that sounds a little fanatical. (laughs) We have testimonies in this house of people being healed doing the very same thing. Years later, still walking free because they acted like it was true. They acted, they lived their life as if what God said was a reality. And as soon as they did, that was their hand of faith reaching into the unseen realm, laying hold of and appropriating it for their life. There is nothing we have need of that God has not already provided. He has not already done. This is why, this is what we preach. We're not preaching, it's hard. It's a struggle. Come on, hold on to the end. No, it's done. We've got it. We are happy campers. Come on now. We've already got the victory. Yeah, it's a finished work. And now we just give thanks and we celebrate and we take what God has given us and we share it with the masses wherever we go. Have you ever told someone that was in trouble, that was in despair? Do you know it's already done? Just tell them that. Borrow that phrase. It's not copywritten. <laughs> Just tell them, hey, guess what? It's already done. They'll say, what are you talking about? <laughs> now you have something to say, don't you? Share it with them. Tell them it's already done. What? Your healing, your answer, your victory, your life change, your joy, your, your complete. What do you mean? Jesus already did this for you. You want to you take it? Here it is. You can have it for free. Done. Right here. Right now. Ready? And then use it. Use it. Appropriate. Praise God. It'll not, it'll not be a struggle. It'll not be a fight. Except for a fight of faith, which is a rest, resting fight. <laughs> which is lounge chair playing the Wii. <laughs> Having a sword fight or something. <laughs> it's that kind of fight. We rest. Pray with me today. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the blessing of the Lord that already is. Lord, we're not trying to twist your arm. We're not trying to force you to do. But we are acknowledging what you said was true. We're acknowledging what you said is already done. It is the finished work of the cross. It is the completed work of Christ. Lord, it's done in you and it's done in us. Now we have it. Now we appropriate. Now we walk in. Now we experience your best. So thank you, Lord, for working in our bodies, our minds, our emotions, our hearts. They are now, present tense, right here, being altered because Jesus has already won. 
So thank you for working in us now. Thank you for working in us now. Now everybody listen right here in this place of prayer, in this place of stillness before the Lord. Let your mind be on what is, not what you see and feel. Let your mind be on what is. The reality of the living Christ in your life, available to you. Now say it with me. Say, Father God, I receive every good thing that you give. I believe that I take the promises of God. I receive my healing, my needs met, my victory, and my freedom. Your favor is on me in all that I do. I am blessed in all that I do, for the work is done. And I take it, I receive it for my life today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Father. There are songs in the Spirit, songs of victory, songs with a shout. There is a, there is a, a note of victory about your church and about the people of God. And so, Father, we lay hold of that. That is our anthem. It is the shout of praise. It is the shout of thanksgiving that the victory has been won. And Lord, we experience it for ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we spread it around to everyone who is in need. We take this victory and spread it around. We give you thanks and praise for working in our hearts and our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.